Hiya, and welcome back to Philosophy. Today, I'm going to be talking about a topic that I hold quite close to heart, and that is the strong belief that I really don't like the advice that we should be living as though we are going to be dying tomorrow or living as though it is our last day. And that's what I'm going to be talking about. As always, I shall be working with my painting too. So let me just pull that up for a second. So the reason I feel quite passionate about this, or the reason I actually haven't um, clocked this before, because the thing is, the view that you should live as though you are going to die soon is very, very prevalent. There's a lot of um, talks around this. For example, what would you going to do if you died tomorrow? What would you, what would you do if you died later? What would you do if there were no consequences? Um, and there's also these thoughts of, oh, this is what people said on their deathbed, and therefore it is great advice. And the thing is, I have used this way of thinking before, and I, I think the reason that I haven't gotten angrier at it earlier is because it actually works. Um, it works. It gives you that boost of confidence to do something that you wouldn't otherwise have the guts to do. And um, therefore, it's quite an effective method. I will say I have used it um, when I want to say something or give my opinion or just, you know, go on stage and do something. I'll just think, oh, okay, never mind. Um, what would I do if I were to die tomorrow? And um, I just do that thing. So therefore, it is an effective method. And because it is effective, there's only know some extent to which I get can get angry at this so I can't really get very angry at it but recently I'm been starting to think that you know, it's, it's just it's just a terrible way of viewing the world and um well my first the first doubts that I had around it was when I heard all of this spiel about um what people see on their deathbeds and there's a lot of talk of talk around this there's the whole view of like oh people on their deathbeds their five biggest regrets ten biggest regrets there's a whole book which is written on it and even though I have a morbid fascination with death, which is probably why I study medicine and things like that, I just wondered, well, why why are we listening to people who are about to die? I mean, surely they are not a good kind of resource. And for example, in the way that they have nothing to lose. These people are about to be gone. They have no sort of like long-term planning or long-term views. And the things that they say, I mean, they're quite cheesy and general. As in, for example, oh, I wish I spent more time with a family. I wish I wasn't so angry, which is all great. I mean, anyone could have told you that. But I don't think it's really things that we can directly apply to our own lives. Because I always thought, for example, if Bob is dying and Bob is saying, oh, I wish I never fought with my wife and I loved her more and I spent more time with my kids instead of going to the pub and just being angry at everyone. Okay, if I could wave my magic wand and give Bob an extra 40 years, how long would you estimate that it would take him to go right back to where he was when he started? So, Again, I don't think that we should not strive for those sort of things. I just think that it's not very, very helpful. But I never had a better alternative to this thought of we're going to live forever. And so I kind of just accepted it like um, everyone else. And I was kind of angry at it on the inside, especially when other people would, well, angry is a strong word. But I was kind of, you know, Oh, just wanted to find a way around it on the inside every time I would hear people mention things like, oh, but this is the top thing that people on their deathbed have wished. And I would just think like, oh God, why? Basically, the reason I'm recording this today is because I have found a better alternative for myself at least. And um, I just wanted to share it in case anyone is going to feel the same way. 
I think that instead of thinking that, um, you know, I'm going to die tomorrow, what should I do? And living my life in that way, I think a better alternative would be to think, what would I do if I were to live forever? And I'm kind of going to um, explain this. So if we're going to die tomorrow, the person who's dying tomorrow can have some confidence, but it's it's not very good confidence, is it? It's based on the fact that there are no consequences. So there's no regard for the future in any shape or form. There's nothing to lose and there's nothing to kind of gain almost. And there's this sense of impending doom and rush and just the meaning and consequences are stripped from everything. And we're just living in a temporary moment, but not in a good way, I think. We're living in a rushed, sad state. While if we are to live forever, I think that perspective is absolutely beautiful. Because think, for example, let's say I have a fight with my sister. And if I'm going to die tomorrow, what I'm likely to do is go up to her and kind of shout in her face and be like, you can't do this to me. We're all going to die tomorrow. Like we have to make up right now. I don't care what is right or wrong. And I would just like bang my head against the wall until she starts listening to me again. While if I were to live forever and I would have to have a fight with my sister, my next thought would be, well, you know, we're probably going to have a million fights in the next few like centuries or millennia we're going to hate each other we're going to love each other this is just life and it's going to be fine and so I would just let it be until the right moment came along and things would be sorted again so I feel that sense of rush and anxiety would just be removed and I think it would be that way for many of my relationships or let's say for example I find out that um, a friend of mine doesn't like me if I were to live forever I would think well you know it's fine they don't like me now they're not going to like me so many more times in the future and they're going to like me again so many more times in the future. So, you know, it's all fine. This is just one of those moments. And I think I would be in a state of just peace um, and comfort with myself, knowing that everything is kind of temporary. Everything is likely to change. And the state which I am in right now is likely to come up again and again in the future. And there's no reason to kind of get angry or frustrated at things. But I should just, you know, roll with the flow and just go along with my life and enjoy the moment for what it is right now. And it's likely going to change very, very soon. So I think that is the way that I would feel. And on top of that, I was thinking, for example, when I was considering if I should leave medicine or not, a huge part of this was um, like, for example, if I were to die tomorrow or die next week, I would stay in medical school. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I think I wouldn't change much about my life if I were to die very soon. I think there would be no point in changing things and it would be kind of like very last minute and I wouldn't know what to do anyway. Like, what do you pick if you're going to die tomorrow? I don't know what would people do, like travel somewhere they'd want to go. You wouldn't want to spend your time in an airport. So I feel as though I'd just be like, you know what, I'm just going to continue with my routine and do what I'm doing. While if I thought that I was going to live forever, and this is not how I made the decision, by the way, because that would be ridiculous. I know I'm not going to live forever. But um, if I thought that I was going to live forever, I think the way that I would approach leaving medical school is, you know what, if I don't feel like doing medicine right now, that's absolutely fine. I have a lot of millennia in front of me to make that decision. I'll do it when it feels right. And I feel that's just replaced with a sense of peace and acceptance. And I think if I thought that I was to live forever, I would have peace and acceptance for everything that happens around me rather than have this kind of um, anxiety driven 
states of, oh, I have no more moments with my family or, oh no, I have no more time to make this decision or, oh no, I need to come up with something right now. It would rather be, you know what? It is what it is. It's going to be different again in the future. And that is absolutely fine. I'm okay with everything. So I think that would be a state that I would rather um, want myself to be in. I think what kind of prompted this and where this came from was reading the book um, Time Enough for Love, which is now one of my favorite books. I mentioned it so much in my newsletter. Um, It's one of my favorite things of all time. It's such an incredible thing. I don't know how many podcasts I can do on it. Um, Probably a lot because it's absolutely incredible. But the premise of the book is that some people in the book are immortal. And I think, I think that's where I got this view, the kind of the peace and the acceptance that they had about people around them for the fact that, for example, some of their children were to die, or if they married a mortal wife, then the wife would die at some point. And the way that they just accepted the moment for what it was, they kind of lived fully in every single kind of lifetime that they had, because they would have to like regenerate and become younger again. So they had continuous lifetimes again and again. And in every single lifetime, they would just be at such peace with themselves and at such peace with the world and just accepting of things and accepting that things around them were finite and that their feelings would kind of revert back to where they'd be. And for some millennia, they just wouldn't talk to people because they didn't feel like it. And then they would when they felt like it again. So it was just this acceptance that I thought, oh my God, why do people not talk about us like this? Even if I were to have a single lifetime, if I would have the kind of clarity and peace and willingness to just accept my life the way it comes and be happy and confident in myself, nonetheless, that would be the way that I would want to live the single life that I have rather than um, this kind of squirrely anxiety driven way of like, oh my God, everything's going to end. um, And therefore I need to make the most of it right now. So yeah, that was one thing that, you know, pushes this argument forward. And another way that pushes, another thing that pushes this argument forward, at least in my mind, is um, this thing that I read about people like Elon Musk and other successful people. Apparently Elon Musk is one of those people who lives in the future in the sense that he doesn't dictate the direction of his life right now based on where he is, but he directs it based on where he wants to be. So for example, um, Elon Musk probably always knew that he wanted to go to Mars. And so that was the goal with which he lived this life. It wasn't the sense of like, oh, this is the technology that we have now on earth. What can we do? But it's it was more of the opposite of this is where I want to be. How do I get there? How do I make the money? How do I get the resources? How do I get people inspired to get to this goal? And I feel as though if we are living as though we're dying tomorrow, all the future is removed and we're unlikely to be successful or for that matter, happy. While if we're living in with an infinite future, um, we're always living with kind of a positive view of the future. Even though I think living in the present moment is the most important thing, I think there is value in kind of living with an optimistic future in mind um, and having goals in general. So um, I think that that's just a better view to view the world. And I think all people who have achieved big things have kind of been living like that in a way um, with a sense that things are, you know, going to improve. I don't care where I am right now, but I care about where I want to be. So yeah, that was my that, those were my thoughts on um, kind of views of the future. And I think, hmm, I wonder how I've behaved in the past. 
I think for most of the time um, I have lived in the past and I think that's something that I've realized recently. Um, I think it was a few months ago where I kind of made a conscious effort to stop myself um, about thinking of the past and it was so 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 helpful and so life-changing. There's this documentary that I saw um, a few days ago on there's apparently people who have no kind of mind's eye um, so they can't they can't picture things in their mind they can remember things but they don't have any kind of visual connection to that memory so their memories tend to be just factually based they have no mind's eye at all so they can't they can't close close their eyes and picture an egg they can close their eyes and or keep them open for that matter if the egg is not there um, and think of an egg and they would remember it described as an object as in like what it does and they would kind of remember the details of what it looks like but they can't see the thing in their head and i'm going somewhere with this egg um Basically, my point is that um, these people who um, have this condition have very often been misdiagnosed as um, being narcissistic um, or being sociopaths. And the reason for that is that they can get over things ridiculously fast. Apparently, like um, there was this guy who was talking and he said that his mom had died and he had gotten over it so fast. Everyone in his family was terrified. And apparently this is a thing in common with um, these people who don't have a mind's eye in that. Um, yes, I think. And the theory is that because they cannot picture the past, they cannot linger on the past in the way that we can, if we can picture the past, if that makes sense. And I think, sadly, in the sense, I've always had a very, very vivid imagination. Um, I can picture things very, very easily. I think this is why um, I loved books, or maybe all children can. And I just read fiction into adulthood and I just read a lot. I don't know which it is if it's just um the way that my brain is structured or the way that I trained my brain I don't really care but um basically it I do have a very very vivid imagination so um it is fun in the way that I can kind of go through my memories and really really picture and remember how I felt at the time and what people said at the time and what the whole situation was but on the other other hand I've only recently realizing how terrible that is for my emotional states when I go through negative things that have happened in the past and I think lingering on the past in general is just a terrible state of affairs. Um, there's usually, at least I linger on the negative aspects of my past. And it's kind of just like self-flagellation and self-harm um, in the highest kind of mental way possible. And it's just not not a, not a happy state of affairs. And so um, also in this Time Enough for Love book, I read um, the fact that this um the, the protagonist said at some point that um young people live in the future of things that they want to achieve and um so very very young children live in the present um adults live in the future for the things that they need to do and the things that they need to achieve and old people tend to live in the past and he said that he knew that when he would start to be living more in the past than the present, that would be the time for him to die. And I thought, oh my God, I am young and I constantly live in the past. And in my mind, I was always justifying it in the way that, oh, you know, this is um, educational and this is how I learn about mistakes that I've made. And this is how I need to get over things. So I just need to, you know, remember everything that I did wrong and, and therefore I'll understand it. And then I thought that's such a terrible way. That's so, so, so horrible. So for a while, I basically kind of stopped and didn't allow myself 
to um, think about the past every time I would kind of regret something or go through I don't know if anyone else does this but go through cringe moments of things that they've said especially at night and really really feel that pain that social pain of oh my god Elizabeth why would you say that and feel that to the fullest extent? And I used to do this very, very often, but um, I've stopped myself. I don't allow myself to do it anymore. And I've become so much happier for it. I've become so much happier for it. So I think this feeds into um, the kind of thought of living as though you are immortal kind of allows you to live in the present. There's too much in the past. There's too much in the future. And there's no point to really spending a lot of time thinking about it. I think limiting ourselves to living in the now as though we are going to live forever and as though nothing that happens right now really matters because in that case, we're giving ourselves enough buffer to calm down every time that something angers us and enough buffer to kind of not go in in angry states on other people, but just to accept how they feel because you know what, even if we change our minds, their minds right now, it's guaranteed that you know, within the next few, whatever, uh, millennia, they're going to change their minds right back. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And I know I'm saying it doesn't matter a lot because I think it's the perfect <laughs> state of feeling. And I think it's the state of feeling that I, when I'm my happiest, I'm in a state of, hmm, this doesn't matter. Nothing matters. And I think if we are to live forever, then nothing matters. And if we are thinking that we die tomorrow, then everything matters right now in a way because that's all we have left. So yes, that was my very long ramble on why if it's only confidence, because that's what's thinking that I'm dying tomorrow has ever given me. It's confidence to do something right now. While I think the thought of living forever also gives me the confidence of doing something right now because nothing matters either way. People are going to forget. And so... I think that is the way that I'm going to be approaching my life. And I have been approaching my life for the last few weeks and the way that I'm going to be approaching my life for a while now um, in the view that I don't need to think about my deathbed. I do not need to think about myself dying in order to appreciate the present moment. And I can appreciate the present moment despite everything else. And also not lingering on my past too much because that's not healthy for anyone. Um, I can do that when I'm actually on my deathbed. Um, but yes, I think I'm going to take from these people who don't have a mind's eye. Um, the best part of that, yeah, I think it's absolutely beautiful to not linger on the past and to just move on. I think there's safe spaces to linger on the past if it's done intentionally for therapy or purposes like that. But not every night, not just to hurt myself, not with nothing specific to improve on in mind and um, not without kind of a safe space to come back to rational thoughts and understanding that this is just an exercise and not the actual truth, if that makes sense. So yes, that was my mini rant on why I think it is the worst idea ever do you think you're going to die tomorrow? Um, I would love to hear your thoughts on this or on anything else. And um, yes, I think I am going to leave that there for today. Um, surprisingly, I've managed to paint more than I have in ages just on these two episodes. So I'm kind of grateful that this is giving me the space to paint some more. 
Um, and yeah, uh, if you heard me so far, thank you so much for spending this time with me. Would love to hear any topics that you want me to go and talk about. And otherwise, have a great day. And thank you for listening so far. Be kind to yourself and others and believe everything you think. Thanks. Bye.